Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from John 6, where Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Dear friends of Christ, superheroes, and I talk about them a lot, but they're interesting because, you know, they're always wearing something, a mask or a cape, or they, they transform their body in some way so we can't recognize who they are. For example, Clark Kent is this mild-mannered daily news reporter, but he walks into a phone booth and he transforms himself into Superman. And of course, what is it that prevents us from recognizing Superman as Clark Kent? He wears a tights and a cape. And of course, we can't figure out who he is because that, that those tights and cape veil his true identity. That there's more to Clark Kent than meets the eye. Well, there, there's other superheroes, Batman. What, what, rec, what prevents us from recognizing the real Batman? Well, at least he has a mask on, right? He has a mask and he's got a cape too and a black suit and... But that outfit prevents us from recognizing the man inside is Bruce Wayne. But there's more to Bruce Wayne than meets the eye. Well, this morning we find that to be true with Jesus. There's more to Jesus as a human being than meets the eye. And while Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne are fictional characters... Jesus is not. And Jesus didn't have a mask. He didn't have an outfit, no cape. And yet His majesty, His glory is hidden from us. The divine majesty of God inside Him, who He is God. It's veiled. And what does veil mean? It means hidden. But it means that what is hidden is more than meets the eye. You can't see what's really there. And just like the fictional characters of Superman and Batman, people have a difficult time believing in Jesus. That he's more than meets the eye. And so our theme, Jesus is more than meets the eye. To help us understand our text this morning, I want to consider the use of veils in the church because the church has veiled things. Have you noticed that, how we veil certain things? Why do we veil? For example, we, we veil our sacraments. We, we veil our pastors. Uh, we put a robe on our pastors. We veil the face of a bride. We veil the cross on Good Friday. We veil a, a body, a casket. Why do we do that? Because what is underneath the veil, what is underneath the veil in every instance, is more than meets the eye. And it's perceived by faith. For example, we veil the sacraments. There's more than meets the eye. What do you see? Well, you see the bread and you see the wine. But there's more than meets the eye because in, the, in with, and under the bread and wine are the very body and the very blood of Christ that if you eat His body and drink His blood, you have eternal life. How about the, fi- the, 
the robes we put on, the veils we put on our pastors, the robes. We veil our pastors because underneath there's more than meets the eye. Because when he speaks, those are not words of his own opinion. Those are not words of man, but words of God and the truth of the God, if the pastor is preaching the true word of God. And we put a veil on our, on our brides. Why? Because there's more to marriage than meets the eye. You know that God considers you, the church, his bride. And that one day he will ask you, his bride, to come to the groom for the great marriage feast of the Lamb. That's the resurrection of all flesh. Where your body comes back and Jesus comes to take you home to be his bride. And so we veil our brides because there's more in marriage than meets the eye. And what about a casket? We veil a casket. In the casket, there's a dead body. But there's more to that dead body than meets the eye. We veil our crosses on Good Friday. Why do we veil our crosses? Because, yes, it's an instrument of torture and an instrument of death. But in this instrument of torture and death in which Jesus died, there is more to it than meets the eye because there's also the empty tomb and the victory over sin and death. Well, very simply said, we veil things to reveal things. Seems like an oxymoron. We veil things to reveal things. Seems like a contradiction of terms, but it's not. Especially when it concerns Jesus, because he seems like an oxymoron. But, but there's more to him than meets the eye. Okay, uh, That's what John is trying to communicate in our text. The last four weeks has been talking about the bread of life. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. If you believe in me, you'll live forever. Eat my body, drink my flesh, you'll live forever. And that reality is the fact that Jesus, God, is in human flesh. There's more to him than meets the eye. Listen again to Jesus' fanciful claim about his body. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Can you imagine that coming from another human being? I come and I tell you, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Eat my body, you'll live forever. What? Are you nuts? I am the bread, and that I will give life to the world, it's my flesh. Jesus stood at the synagogue in Capernaum, and that's what he told the Jews. I'm the atoning sacrifice for sin. I and I alone take your sin away, not just your sin, the sin of the whole entire world. I put it all on my back, the sin of everybody, the sin of the whole world. I'll put it on my back and I'll take it away from you so you'll never have it again. I'll make your sin disappear from you. Whoever believes in me will have eternal life. What? Jesus is a living bread from heaven. There's more to him than meets the eye. Unfortunately, people rarely believe what they can't see. And that's why so many people rejected Jesus. He even told his disciples, are you going to leave too? 
And Peter said, no, I, we won't leave because we believe your words. But it's why so many people rejected him. It's why so many people rejected him as Jesus. They rejected him as Savior. They rejected him as Creator of the universe. They rejected him as God. And even the Jews argued among themselves, and they said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus responded to their questions by saying, truly, truly, I say to you, which means this is really, really, really true, right? Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You're not going to live unless you eat and drink the blood. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks on my blood has eternal life, has eternal life, and I'll raise him up in the last day. Have you ever eaten something that didn't sit well with you? And then you got very sick? Remember how you think about that food? Some of you pregnant women understand that, right? How'd you feel about that food after your illness? Uh, Did you regain an appetite for that food? Because what we do is we associate that food with that nauseous feeling and, and we lose our appetite for that food. Sometimes that food can even be good like cookies or cake where you don't want to eat it again. And that's the way the Jews were with blood. Blood nauseated them. Blood turned their stomach. Do you remember why? It's because God's law said... Don't eat meat with blood. That was an Old Testament uh, church service law. Ceremonial law. Although we don't follow those Old Testament laws anymore because Christ has come and fulfilled them all. But in the Old Testament, you could not eat meat with blood. A good, faithful man of God in the Old Testament did not eat blood. It was traumatizing to him. Eat blood, drink blood, what? And now Jesus comes and says, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you'll have no life in you. What? Ah, but there's more to Jesus than meets the eye. Listen, every human being on the face of the earth understands the problem of human flesh. You're dying. And you know it. You know you have only so many days on this earth. And with every passing year, with every graying hair, with every new pain in your body, it's marching and it's coming. Death is at work in you. And there's only so much time on this earth and then it's done. We know that. That's our flesh and that's our blood. And this flesh and blood is not life-giving. This flesh and blood is not life-giving or life-sustaining. What do you do when we die? And Jesus says, well, there's more to see in these bodies that meets the eye. When our bodies die, they're going to go one of two places, right? Our bodies will live. There is going to be a resurrection of all flesh, believers and unbelievers. And all the unbeliever bodies will go to eternal death. And all the believing bodies will go to eternal life. 
And that's why we veil the bodies of our loved ones on the casket. Because there's more to that body than meets the eye. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the answer. He's the only answer. Jesus is the bread of life. And Jesus commands us to eat His body. He commands us to drink His blood. Why? Because without His body and without His blood we die. Jesus is the only solution. He's the cure over sin and death. And Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. And over the centuries, pastors have struggled with the interpretation of this text. And have understood it in two different ways. Uh, There's one group that hears the word, eat His flesh and drink His blood, and they say it's a metaphor. Eat His flesh, drink His blood. A metaphor for salvation. In other words, they don't believe it refers to the Lord's Supper. Then there are others, like how I see this text being interpreted, and we as Lutherans, we hear the words, eat his flesh and drink his blood, and it rings true immediately to apply directly to the Lord's Supper. We believe that Jesus is instructing his believers about the sacraments, about his body and about his blood. After all, that's a natural understanding of this text, isn't it? So let's talk about the sacrament. Because underneath that veil, underneath that veil, what do you see? Well, you see bread, don't you? You see wine, you put it in your hands, you put the wine into your mouth and the bread into your mouth and you eat it. But what do you receive? Well, by faith, by faith you receive the body of Christ and you eat the body of Christ. By faith you receive and you drink the blood of Christ. Listen, the Lord's Supper is not about the physical eating and drinking. That doesn't save you. The physical eating and drinking doesn't save you. It's eating and drinking by faith. It's believing and taking Jesus at His word when He says, I am the living bread. My flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks on my blood abides in me and I abide in him. Whoever feeds on me will live because of me. Jesus is true food. Does that mean that all other food is false food? (laughs) No. But it does mean that all other food doesn't do what the true food does, give eternal life. You can eat all the food in the world. You'll get fat, but you can eat all the food in the world. You will not live forever. There's still your flesh problem. You will die. Don't you see there's only one true food? Jesus. His body. His blood. Apart from eating and drinking this true food, you will die. Pretty simple. And so eating and drinking this meal is absolutely necessary. Jesus makes it clear, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. So what do you believe? 
What do you believe? What's hidden underneath that veil on the altar? Are the body and blood of Christ truly present as we believe, teach, and confess that the, the bread and the wine is Christ's body in with and under the bread and wine are Christ's body and blood really present? Or do you believe it's just symbolic, like so many other denominations do, that underneath the bread and wine is just the bread and wine, and it just reminds us of Christ's suffering and death? Is underneath that veil more than meets the eye? It is in our church. And it's important that you understand that's what the early Christians believed too. What did the early Christians believe regarding the Lord's Supper? They believed in the real presence. They believed they ate Christ's body. They believed they drank His blood. They believed that it gave them life eternal. They believed in Christ's words. They took Him at His word. Whoever eats of my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. And there's something else you should know about these early Christians. They were persecuted by the Romans. Why did the Romans persecute the early church? It's because the Christians were cannibals. That's what all the unbelievers were saying about the Christians. They're cannibals. They eat the body and they drink the flesh of Jesus. That's cannibal talk. That's cannibal language. And then when they came and they would take the Christians to kill them, they would ask them to recant. Are you eating the body and drinking the blood? And they didn't recant. They were willing to die. Were they willing to die for a lie? No. They were eating Jesus' body and drinking His blood for the forgiveness of their sins and for their salvation. And they believed. Do you see what they saw? Do you see what Jesus wants you to see? Do you see what is hidden, the reality underneath the veil? What is veiled from our sight? Do you see by faith Jesus coming to you for the forgiveness of sins with salvation and everlasting life? Listen. There's more to Jesus than meets the eye. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.